Hi everybody, this is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. And this is uh, week 19 of Kimberly with a Cold. Is that about right? (laughs) So hopefully, maybe this is my new voice. This just might be my new voice. We just might all have to learn to accept it. And you're not going to be the only one with a good voice. Because I'm going to have like a sexy voice now. I think everyone already thinks that this is your voice anyways. Because it's been 19 weeks. We've only (laughs) been doing... We've only been doing oh the God. podcast for a month. Are they in for a sore surprise when I heal <laughs> and my voice goes up 10 octaves and I turn into my mother and I get really high. I sound about five years old and be great. it's a little, it's so high that Shirley MacLaine once told me it was hurting her ears. True story. So is that, is that because you were yelling into the phone when you were talking to her? No, I was not. I was literally not. I was doing my normal work phone voice. And I just get rather high-pitched when I'm trying to be polite, I guess, and talking to a screen idol of mine. Yeah. And then she criticized it, and I ran into the bathroom crying. I was very Did you? upset. You I was cried? very upset. I think, used, I think I was very upset. Yeah. She gave me a thick skin, so thank you, Shirley. Oh, brother. That's not worth <laughs> it. I would like to take this moment and wish... Our wonderful host, Kimberly, a happy birthday. It's it was my her birthday. birthday yesterday. And this is her birthday weekend. So we have all sorts of stuff planned. And all I want for my birthday is for our listeners to subscribe and review us and write something <laughs> in the review on iTunes. That's so literally that we can have reviews. All I want. And Amazon yeah. gift cards. I think they would if they knew that we checked daily and we had a sad face when we saw that there were still no stars, still no reviews. I think you that have they to were. have a certain number, right? And to get, yeah. and we just don't. We have listeners, but dude, you got to say something. Speak out. Use your voice. What do we tell the Dateline victims all the time? <laughs> if you see something, say something. And we're saying, if you hear something good, say something. Good. If you hear something mediocre, say something. If you hear something that's not even, it's kind of crap. But you know that they want you to say something really badly. Just say something. And then even go five stars. This was crap. Because I don't think they're actually monitoring what the review says. So you could go, this is crap and I'm only doing it because they're begging me. But put five stars. Exactly. And then at least we'll have some reviews. For her birthday. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. We sound like an NPR pledge drive now. (laughs) Okay, so this episode... Oh boy. It's called A Knock on the Door and it's hosted by Keith Morrison. Woohoo. For my birthday, we got Keith. For your seriously, for your I birthday. I know. It aired on July 7th, 2017, season 25, episode 39, one, I think. 30 39. Okay, that's 39 about or 40. Right. Yeah, that sounds about right. So this episode is about a missing girl named Tara Ord? Ord? Yes, Tara Ord. O-R-D. Like O-R-O-R-D. Okay. O-R-D-E Never. or O-R-D. Yeah. Or- Never heard of it. Tara, who was full of life, which is really close to loving life. Because I don't we- think you could be full of life without loving life. Like, can you be full of life, but you hate it? I'm so full of life, but I hate life. Yeah. Well, I think everyone who is alive is full of life. Unless you're yeah, in a coma and then you're like, you're like half, half filled. Half filled. The glass is half filled with life. She was half filled with life. Yeah. Yeah. So Tara was full of life. 
And she definitely, I think, loves shopping at Claire's at the mall. Yep. You can make it a blanket statement. Tara loves shopping at the mall. Yes. She works at the mall at a kiosk. It's a whole thing. She is a mall girl. All clothes were wet sealed out. Yes. She's a mall girl. It even said she was speaking to her coworker to see if her check was there at the kiosk. She was going to go pick up the check and then do some shopping at the mall with the check. Like, right. I got to spend this check at the mall that I earned at the mall. Yeah. She's going to Regis to have her hair colored. Yeah. If she had lived long mm-hmm. enough to hear Robin Sparkles sing "Let's Go to the Mall" today, do you did you watch "How I Met Your Mother"? Of course I do. I know um, exactly what you're talking if about. If she had lived, she would have liked that song, I think. So yeah, she also played softball and was a cheerleader in high school. This episode takes place in Punta Gorda, Florida. Her mom is named Sharon, and she has long blonde hair. Like we could just start calling her Tangled right now. It's pretty, it's pretty long. Gorgeous. Hair. Was it real or extensions? Yes. Real. Stunning. That was real hair. Stunning. I want to yeah. know what product she uses because it looked healthy. Mm-hmm. All the women in this family had good yes. hair. Yes. They got lucky. Yes. Twitter was a buzz with the hair. Really? Yeah. They, a lot of people commented. Yeah. Well, and it was Florida. So mm-hmm. it was a whole. Well, what I would think that it would be really high humidity and their hair would not look good, but their hair looked great. Yeah. So it's, you're saying it's yeah. like doubly impressive because they were in Florida. Because they were in Florida and sometimes Florida has horrible hair. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we have the, seen some of that. Oh, yeah. Some bad perms. Yes. Some bad mom cuts. Oh, yeah. But this mom looked 20 years younger than she was. Um, and, yeah. yeah. I, I liked the mom a lot. She was a really tough cookie doing anything to find her daughter. Yeah. And she was engaged. Uh, this took place in 2001, right? This Okay. Yeah, October 2001. So at this time, Tara's mom, Sharon, is engaged to this man, Keith McPhillips, another Keith in the episode. So we're going to call him Mustachioed Keith, I think, because he has a mustache. Yeah. Florida Keith. Florida Keith. Keith number two. Other Keith. Florida Keith, you like? Other Keith. Other Keith. (laughs) Okay, I like other Keith. Let's go with other Keith. Other Keith seems awesome. He is a close, going to be a stepdad to Tara soon, but he's still very involved and they're very close. And the mom, Sharon, has a daughter who's very pretty and a son who we never meet. She's very Ver- suspicious. Veronica no, no. and Paul. Okay, Paul. Where are you, Paul? So these are very good people. They're a really, really close family. They didn't always use proper grammar when they're speaking. But I felt like that fit in the Florida scene, and it didn't really bother me that much, which says a lot about how much I liked them. It does say a lot. Right? That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just growing as a person where things like that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not growing at all. Normally what things happens, like that. What happens if I say, where were you? No, I can't. No. 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 It's creepy. I don't like it. So they are from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Dunder Mifflin, I think if they had stayed there and not moved to Florida, Tara might have gotten a job interning at Dunder Mifflin. Well, they moved back. When? Later. They just they don't did? talk about it in the episode. Oh. Yeah. In the, sorry, episode. Episode. That's what I did said. you say it like that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> a little oh bit. No, they moved back to Scranton. I guess they always went between Florida and Pennsylvania, so who knows? Oh, interesting. Maybe there was a, a job that went... Between the two. Maybe places. Sharon was a paper rep. That would have been oh, so good. Okay. So 
she it goes missing one day, and the scene at the house does not look good. Her hair ribbons are found outside the house. There are tire tracks in the yard. There's a broken planter. Inside the house, there's, like, missing pieces of jewelry, and things are moved, and there's scuff marks on things. A septic company was supposed to come and do a, an estimate, and, but he says he was there, and they saw Tara, and she was fine. So the police start kind of investigating, but Mom Sharon feels like no one's taking her super seriously. So she hires this civil attorney, Amanda Downing, to help, and she is... Oh... Thoughts about her? About Amanda? Yeah. Wait. With the blue eyes. Amanda Downing. That, that rarely yeah. blinked. Well, I we could talk about Amanda. No, let's get through the thing and then we'll discuss what we think Amanda's purpose was. Yeah, she had none. Basically, the case goes cold pretty fast. And nine months after she disappears, bones are found in the woods that turn out to be hers. Now... This is kind of interesting. There are a ton of bones that are missing. There's neck bone is missing that would show if she was strangled. And her rib bones are there. And it appears that they were cracked at the time of her death. So it literally it turned into an episode of Bones for one second. And I kind of thought the music was going to come on and David Boreanaz was going to enter the scene. It did not happen. So they found a belly button ring near the bones because Tara loved Claire's. And yes. totally wanted to be Baby Spice. And yeah. it, it was 2001. And yeah. they also found a pair of panties. And Keith says the word panties. <laughs> I think they just, they really should just, it's, there should be a moratorium. Just no, no panties. I mean, I'm not, I just, didn't hate it because it was Keith. I kind of. Just say underwear. Just say underwear though. I think. Your dateline. Yeah. Let's keep it classier. And just say it's Andrea Canning saying booty call all over again. Yes. But butt dial. Butt dial. That's what she said. Butt dial. Say undergarments, underwear. Underwear. It's fine. You don't have to say um, panties, but it was Keith. So I liked it. Um, (laughs) So they get a lead after they find these bones and and said panties. I guess three days after she went missing, this guy, Glenn St. John, a.k.a. Pee Wee. Which is his chosen nickname. He chooses to be called Pee-wee. Brought these pieces of jewelry to his probation officer. Which, why, I don't, didn't get that. So what I'm thinking from what I've learned from the latest season of Fargo is sometimes when parolees are about to fail their pee test, they might give the parole officer something like a bribe. Or do some bad deed to cover up for their failed piss test. Really good point. And I think there is... Definitely no doubt that Pee Wee did quite a few drugs. Yes. Okay, so that's probably what the jewelry about. Now, this jewelry turns out to be from Tara's house. He says he got it from Phil Barr, the septic guy who was at the house, and that Phil told him it was from that missing girl's house. Pee Wee also fished a couple hundred yards away from where the body, the bones were found. Phil Barr, the septic guy, uh, I feel like it's Bill Nye, the science guy, tells police he's innocent. And he's interviewed on the news saying he's being harassed and it's not good for his business. And it's been very stressful to be a suspect in this case. And it's like a Crimea septic river. And the state attorney, Russell, just doesn't feel like this is all hearsay and there's not enough to charge anybody. So the case goes cold. Sharon and the fiancé, other Keith... 
they finally get married and they have a huge photo of missing Tara or well now dead Tara by the cake. A gigantic black and white like it was her funeral. Really big a picture. Huge picture a with a wreath picture. around it. Like it was at the front of the, next to her casket, except instead of next to a casket, it was next to their wedding cake. It, I, fa- I thought it was a little creepy. It was really big. It was really big. Okay, so, but they're not going to let this go. Sharon is tough mom and her, Tara's now would be stepdad, other Keith. They make videos at the death site and say, they're kind of like get Jersey tough. The mom is like, we are going to find you. You think you got away with this. You did not get away with this. And the dad, stepdad's just standing there like tough, but not saying anything. You kind of think he would kill somebody to protect his stepdaughter, Tara. So still nothing happens. It's now 2009. It's been eight years. And the sheriff puts together a cold case unit. And it's this guy, Mike Gandy, who was a detective, I think, on the previous, on the original case, Mike Vogel, and Kurt Mayo, who is a ginger like I've never seen. He is a full-on Weasley with a bowl cut. Um, <laughs> he is just adorable. They work on the Tara case right away. They have no DNA, but they have suspicion about Phil Barr, the septic guy. His helper that day was Dave McManus and Pee Wee, they think, might be involved. So they call Kurt, the redhead, the scribe of the group, which I love this group of cold case detectives having nicknames. Like, this guy's the muscle. This guy's the brains of the whole operation. But if Kurt was the scribe, then do you think he would be Percy Weasley? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yes. But more likable yes. than Percy, who is just not likable. Or no, maybe he's the, um, sorry, what's the dad's name? I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Molly's husband. yeah. Mr. Weasley. Arthur. So he's more like Arthur Weasley. Yeah, a scribe. He's like the investigator. He, he does all the paperwork and okay. gets in there and the minutia. Oh. So Kurt the scribe. Arthur Weasley, whatever, finds a receipt from 2001 of a Walmart receipt. We love when Walmart makes an appearance, and it's been a while. Walmart usually makes appearance in every episode, and it's been a bit of a time since we've had a Walmart connection. Yeah, you're right. So he finds this receipt that kind of throws Phil Barr, the septic guy's timeline off. It makes him seem like he lied about his timeline that day, which is Mm -hmm. very interesting. Then they find this guy who said that he heard McManus overheard them talking about it. Apparently they talked about it all over Florida. And McManus, the helper, said, we shouldn't have done that girl like that. Pee Wee says, hey, I only saw the body. You can't go to jail for seeing a body. And Phil Barr, the septic guy, says, hey, shut up. We're all going to jail. They just were having this conversation. I don't know. Maybe at like a Wendy's or something. I don't know. So they go to arrest McManus, the helper, and Phil Barr, the septic guy. Because now they feel like they maybe kind of have enough. Phil Barr, the septic guy, was near Canada when they found him. They thought maybe he was trying to flee. They feel like they need more to definitely win the case. So they start going through the old notes from the original case. And they find that there was a neighbor who saw workers at the house, but her view was kind of blocked by a fence. And she says, well, my sister-in-law was also there that day. But they, no one ever interviewed the sister-in-law years before. Like, no one ever said, what did you see? So they find the sister-in-law. She had an unobstructed view and saw a lot more. She saw the truck, the septic truck, 
pull up the back first, right up to the front door of the house, and the guys going back and forth like they were loading something into the truck. So that's pretty important and probably would have been useful to know a million years ago. Ten years before. Yeah. They actually bring Keith to the front of the house and... (laughs) It's so good. Keith is like marching out paces with his big long legs like a gazelle. He's like on a catwalk. He's like one, two, doing these struts, which are not normal human steps. So his step count is not accurate because he's a tall glass of water. And he's wearing his Converse. And he is just fascinated by where the truck was, where the ribbons were. Like the ribbons were where the end of the truck was. Like they put her in the truck and the ribbons came came out. And we so we finally get to go to trial. Phil Barr, the septic guy, has not aged well. We can be real honest about him. He looks like crap. Oh, my God. Oh, he's a septic guy. I did not even mean that. Um, he is that was, septic. You did it on accident. You know? I did on accident. Yeah, I know. I would never pun on purpose. So he looks like he poop, though. Yeah, he, he really like does. He, time has not well, aged. Hard living. Been kind hard to living. this man. Hard living. Apparently, he and McManus, the helper, started out their workday that day smoking crack, as you do, <laughs> because it's the breakfast of champions. And that's probably why he's yeah. aging so badly. He looks terrible. You got to get some a green smoothie with some antioxidants in it and things like that, like if you want to look good. But instead, he's like, I'm going to choose crack over my special K cereal. So is special K kind of code for drugs. I think I upon again unintentionally. S- special oh, K I'm, is ketamine. <laughs> damn it. I'm just really I'm just doing everything I despise today. It's really so, hot outside. It's fine. It's heat damage in my brain. So the prosecutor's theory is that they went to the house for the septic job and actually were using it to burglarize people's houses. Like they would go in to do estimates or septic work and steal people's belongings. And they think that one of them was maybe trying to distract Tara and the other one was stealing jewelry and stuff and that she caught them. And they were impaired from the breakfast oh crack and acted out and thought the only logical solution is to kill this girl snap crackle pop oh my god <laughs> oh god in heaven yes. okay help us all yes. so yes i know if you can make me just really groan from the internally from a pun, i have a few more you know your days. i have a few more they're oh, coming later they they're really good i just <laughs> i can wait i i can wait so <laughs> Phil Barr, the septic guy, and McManus still cannot stop talking about this. And they've talked about it while they were being held in prison. They've talked about it all over, saying, I'm going to kill you like I killed this girl in Florida. Or the girl I killed was 20. Or I didn't want to kill her, but she had to die. Um, we don't even have a cause of death, right? We have no cause of death exactly. Even No, just sort of impact physical altercation because the ribs were cracked i would guess that's a hard case so, to take to trial by the way when there's yes. no yeah i'm sorry are you a are you a lawyer i'm just saying i know from dateline that those cases are hard <laughs> i i would like to say to f- these these gentlemen that loose lips sink ships yes and you needed to zip it up 
Oh, they're on don't, drugs. Don't just throw it onto every conversation. They probably weren't on drugs when they were in prison. They were probably coming off drugs when they were in prison. Are you so insane? So they were just telling everyone. They were definitely oh, yeah. on drugs in prison. If they had the money to tra- or things to trade for the drugs. You can't just get drugs for free. You don't know what, anything they- about prison. I know a lot. I watched six, six days in, twice, two, three seasons, which is that show on Annie where people go I into know. prison. And it's really good. And people do trade their bodies or ramen noodles for drugs all the time. So Phil, this bar, the septic guy's defense attorney, is so slimy, right? And he does this, that annoying thing that he laughs when he's talking, but you know he's not really laughing. He's doing a fake laugh. And he's like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he'll be like, well, those guys were jailhouse informants, so I wouldn't listen to anything they have to say. I know. Like that? Yeah. It is the worst. And then never made eye contact. So he didn't look at Keith, who's interviewing him, didn't look at the camera, was sort of staring off up into this weird corner the whole time, which made me... I, is there a spider? Why are you keep looking? <laughs> just sort of, he's just, he couldn't keep focused. I would not want him as my attorney. You're going to jail. I don't know what's going on here. I didn't like that. So the other guy, McManus, his defense attorney, just as bad, says that, well, McManus is really sarcastic and funny. He's known as a jokester. So a lot of that stuff was said, like, in jest. I'm a jokester. I'm sarcastic, but I don't go around claiming that I've murdered people. Or do I? Maybe I do. Maybe I have made jokes that I have murdered someone. I probably have, actually. You got banned from Twitter for a joke <laughs> about did. murdering people. With yeah, you're right. Poisoning so, someone or something. So maybe McManus just has my sense of humor. McManus also did look a lot better than Barr did. McManus Oh, he's normal. aged much he better great. except did you see when he turned around was there something wrong extremely wrong it what? was a split second there what? is a bald spot on the back of his head like by the nape of his neck and it was i don't know if it was the way his hair was combed there's a large patch of skin showing a few inches above the nape of his neck are you really? sure it's skin are you sure it's not a birthmark that turns your hair a different color I'm 100% positive because on Twitter, many people said, what is that? Is he balls in the back? Does he have a third eye in the back of his head? What is going on there? I just concluded that it was a side effect from smoking crack in the morning. You just start to lose patches of hair in weird places, I think. Or he had shaved his head and had a tattoo back there. Like maybe he was a white supremacist, had a swastika tattoo, then later had the tattoo removed. But the hair doesn't grow back after you do all that stuff. I feel like there are a lot (gasps) of other reasons. Or snap, crackle, pop. But we know that he did that. So it wasn't that far-fetched for theory. I just don't don't know know the side effects. Do you know people in prison that knew him? No, he smoked crack for breakfast 20 years ago or 10 years ago. We know that. But I, know do, that. I don't know his current breakfast diet. It might be something other drugs. I don't know. Bre- <laughs> it might be toilet hooch in prison that he loves for breakfast. He, sipped- he looked good for toilet hooch. He's he not on the hooch. He looked much better than Phil, the septic guy. So the trials for both men start in 2015 and they last forever, over a year, right? 15 months. Yeah. It's insane. And the family is there. They're all wearing their Justice for Tara shirts. I know. The parents, Sharon and stepdad, other Keith, 
get divorced or separate through this process, which was so just, no, heartbreaking. I loved them together. He was set like a better dad than a real dad. He was a, such a good stepdad. It's very upsetting. They, and they were so cute together. But they said, we started this together. We're going to finish this together. So they were interviewed on Dateline together and at the trial together, the whole thing. The sister is now grown up and she has kids of her own. And I should say they found the guys guilty. I think I skipped just right over that. They find the guys guilty. I think we assumed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sister has kids now, and they love their Aunt Tara. Like, they have necklaces with her picture. The little daughter even thinks that she's met her, even though she wasn't born then, which is so sweet. But it's also why you should never believe the testimony of children, because they are imaginative little liars. And they will say they met somebody that they never even met. Like, that study where they all said they saw this rabbit, and there was no rabbit. So do not believe testimony of children. The detectives that solved the cold case, they take the big photo that they had of Tara in their office and they give it back to the family at this big dinner they have. And the mom gives the detectives like pocket watches and clocks that are all engraved and say justice for Tara, which was a class, classy move, I thought. It was really insightful to give them something that symbolized how much time they yes. had spent on this. Yes. It was sweet. Very that beautiful. Very and thoughtful. you can tell they were moved by it. It was very yeah. nice. That was pretty much what happened in the episode. My OMG moment was for sure when Keith said panties. And I'm going to make it my new ringtone. Whatever I said last week about Josh Mankiewicz, whatever he said that was going to be my new ringtone, it's been bumped for... Oh, I took that out. (laughs) So our listeners don't know what you were talking about last week. Was it really bad? You shouldn't let me do the edit. Yeah, it was gross. And I didn't want to hear it. So I took it out. Oh, but the, the listeners want to hear. They, well, they want to hear my. They'll have to go to the deep cuts. Gross, we'll do gross a, thoughts. We'll do a something that. That'll be our that Patreon thing. Episodes. Is if you give extra money. That'll be the Patreon. You, yeah, if you give money, then we you can listen to the horrible, horrible things that I have to cut out of these episodes <laughs> to make them nice <laughs> for our Texas and Florida <laughs> listeners. Nice for the strange amount of people that we have from North Carolina. Oh. I don't know what those people are doing. Oh. They, they want to listen. I love it. I love it. Uh, no, I think they were searching Charleston. Oh. And then the Charleston affair came up. Oh. Well, we'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. I love North Carolina. Maybe they're... Dawson's Creek. Yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. I did enjoy Keith a lot in this episode. At some points, he was very funny, looking around with the parents, like about how Tara yeah. didn't want to move from Scranton and they were joking around and then when other Keith is talking about the triple decker peanut butter sandwiches our Keith just found that delightful he loved that he was delighted he lo- you know he's gonna go home and make a triple decker PB&J he lit up he he's, was very he lit up excited. he's like that's a great idea yeah Okay, so then the classic Dateline moment, I guess would be when they take Keith back to the scene of the crime and he says well, well, well in Which front is of very them. very close. In front of them. Not a voiceover. Not to the camera. Yeah. Not to camera. Not, not a, a voiceover. Yeah. Not a voiceover. He says it just in normal conversation. Yeah. Well, 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 well. Well, And it's very close to, well, my, my, my. It is. I th- also, did you love him with the cold case squad? I thought that was great. I was like, Keith could join the cold case squad tomorrow. They could all. The cold case squad should be a sitcom. Yeah. And solve crimes and drive around in the scooby-doo van 
They could get a show on ID Network? 100%. Okay. And they would meet at Jerry's Famous Deli or like yeah. some old yes. deli yeah. and eat egg salad sandwiches mm-hmm. and they would solve crimes together. I would be there for that. I would volunteer to like make copies for them and get in there. I love a cold case. Oh, they'd have to have a sassy somebody making copies. They'd have yes. to have somebody going to the courthouse and doing the research. Oh, I think yeah. they need like a Jersey sarcastic girl. They'd be like, okay, boys, what else do you need copied today? Bill, you spilled coffee all over yourself. Yeah, that'd be good. Right? And then they'd be like, oh, we wouldn't know what to do without Donna. Or a super smart Southern gay man who's young, yes. who's like 19. Yes. Who sits in and kind of solves everything, but then also has boyfriend problems. Yes. It'd be real good. <laughs> and then the the old white men have to, they kind of get yeah. unwillingly invested in the gay breakup drama. Keith, you know, they'd be like, well, Jonathan, he's just not treating you right. You have to break yeah. up with him. And you deserve better, Jonathan. I would love So him. Jonathan would learn life lessons and they would learn tolerance. Yes. And- yes. <laughs> That'd be great. I feel like it's really good. <laughs> They'd be protective of Jonathan. They don't want him to get hurt again. I think we've we've created a really good show here. ID Network, call us. What do we? What should we call it? Cold case in the Florida sun. Something. It's got to be a play on hot and cold. Hot sun. Oh hot yeah. Florida cold case. Cold case hot coffee. <laughs> cold cold case hot matzo ball soup at a deli. No hot. No, it's got to be Florida related. It's got to be hot sands cold case. Oh. Something hot. Yeah. Huh. Just, your podcast has can not gone have, out. We yeah. are just can struggling just to think of something. I'm just going to leave 20 seconds of dead air. <laughs> and then listeners can fill in their own yeah. ideas here Which, or tweet, tweet us, us with ideas sure. for the name of this great show that we've come up I'm with. I'm sure your titles are way better starring, than ours. Starring Mike, Mike, Kurt, Jonathan. and unknown, and, and yes, unknown male yet to be Jonathan, cast. the young gay guy. There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. Hi, this is Rachel Yucatel, and I'm here to invite you to listen to my podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. This podcast delves into the lives of those who have been reduced to a single headline. Each episode will take a closer look at the stories of those who are on a mission to change their narrative. Join me as we uncover the truth behind the misconceptions, shed light on the stories of those who have perhaps been wrongfully portrayed, explore the complexities of the human experience, and celebrate the power of second chances. Who doesn't love a good comeback story? So, did you have any special moments that you wanted to talk about in this episode? Okay. Well, my OMG moment was when I was just so frustrated. I could not believe that there was the neighbor next door. Her sister-in-law was there that afternoon that that Tara was taken and was so close, so close, and watching, seeing the car back in, seeing all of this commotion... And the police had never talked to her. But it also, almost seemed unbel- why didn't she step forward? Wouldn't her sister be like, hey, you know, when you were hanging out with me, that girl next door, she was kidnapped and then murdered. Right. 
Does it seem almost unbelievable? And that's what one of the attorneys said is that one of the defense attorneys said that he thought she was making false memories. She just wanted to be involved. And so it made up this thing in her head that she had seen the car back in and seen all this stuff. Do you remember that? No. He talks about that. He thought she was not credible. Oh, but that was the um, attorney that left all the time. <laughs> no, it was the other one. It was McManus's attorney. Oh, I hate him too. It wasn't Phil Barr's septic guy's attorney. Oh, okay. But anyways, I, I was so frustrated that just that whole thing had not been handled 10 years earlier. That made me crazy. Also, seriously, she was that close to the house watching the truck, but Phil Barr and McManus didn't even notice she was sitting right there when they did that well, walkthrough. They were on crack. And they didn't go back and kill her later? Maybe they went back and threatened her and said, don't come forward to the police. Yeah, I need more information on that. It was driving me nuts. That's what... That was my own. It does deal. seem risky to pull up the truck right to the front with neighbors that close. Maybe uh, was there no back or side entrance that would have been a little more discreet, guys? I don't think they had any idea what was going on. No, it was not well thought out. And then I do have a couple of side things. I found out yeah. a few things. There was a woman also arrested when Phil Barr was arrested, an ex-girlfriend, who also made this case go on for 10 years longer this woman, Linda Faye Dill, was Phil Barr, the septic guy's girlfriend at the time, and she had lied to cover for him. <gasps> so oh. she got charged with two counts of felony perjury. Again, yeah, these when, ladies yeah. going to prison for their dumbass boyfriends trying to cover. Like, this was, she lied in 2001. This this <sighs> trial did not happen until 2015. It's yeah. ridiculous to me. Anyways, yes. I was... She's like that other lady from a couple months ago who didn't speak up for like 20 years. I hated that lady. Yeah. So that was that was irritating. But Ladies, w- don't cover for your man. There wasn't a lot of extra stuff on this. There was some stuff about Pee-wee's sister. <laughs> Pee-wee has Pee-wee a sister? Pee-wee has Pee-wee? a sister who's a real winner who confirms that they had been smoking crack for two days leading up <gasps> to this event. Yeah. But... She's one of, okay, did you not find that they could not get a good witness a little bit interesting? Well, no, because I felt like that's obviously who these guys are hanging out with. Do you think they're hanging out with, you know, road scholars? No. Yeah. They're hanging out at dump dives where you can just do drugs openly and prison. That's where they hang out. Behind gas stations and prison are their two favorite places to be. So... That's who they run into in those places. Did that's the circle they are in? Circle of friends. Yeah. In, ew, that's parts of Florida, sadly. Yeah. Where Sorry, are they Florida. in Florida? They're not by the coast, right? They're in. I don't know, but a few, I, I think we need a Florida expert to come on and answer some questions about Florida because I just have lots of questions. I want to know what is it the heat that makes people? Because I it's really hot here right now, and I might smoke some crack later and become friends <laughs> with, friends with a guy named Pee Wee. It could happen. If it gets two degrees hotter, I'm finding a Pee-wee to be my friend. Also, they didn't show him at all. That was irritating. They showed us one weird fuzzy mugshot of Pee-wee, and we didn't get to see how he was You wanted to see more small. of Pee-wee. Yeah. Is Pee-wee a tiny person? I don't know. <laughs> Did you have any fashion police stuff that we have not discussed? Well, I love Tara's hair. I love the mom's hair. And her face had no wrinkles. And I loved the missing bald spot in Dave McManus's head. That's pretty much all I had. They're mostly hair-related issues. I did have a precious moments, which was they had, a, they had a birthday party for Tara for her 20th birthday. And they even got her presents. 
and the mom was going to open them and the son who's missing we still don't know where he is said don't open them she's going to come back and i was like oh that's really just really sad that's Um, really really sad my mvp of this week Mm -hmm. were for sure sharon and other keith I loved them so very much. Yeah. But they are also my losers of the week. Why? Because they got separated. Me and Twitter needs them to get back together. Because I found them breaking up more upsetting than the murder of Tara. I did. You did because not. I need to believe in love now more than ever. America needs Sharon and other Keith to get back together because it will restore my faith in love and humanity. Do you you think that this episode helped them get back together when they were filming? Maybe they rekindled? That's what I would like. And I would like Keith Morrison to be the matchmaker that happens and maybe they will renew their vows. They'll get remarried and Keith will be the officiant to (sighs) Sharon and other Keith. And this time there will not be that giant black and white wreathed photo by the wedding cake because i think that really when you keep murder in your wedding when you make murder like that big a part of your wedding i think it taints it kind of forever your wedding is all about the murder of your daughter now it should be about your love it's not as like fact that you also brought up murder at my wedding in your speech (laughs) about me you made it very clear that Oliver might kill That's me true. one day. I did. So maybe murder belongs perfectly at a wedding. What do I know? Just maybe a giant photo doesn't. Yeah. That's unbelievably sad. Hey, remember was... this dead person that was murdered that we loved in the prime of her life? Let's look yeah. at this while we're cutting the cake. No one would be like looking at the cake and being like, oh, I'm starving. That cake looks so good. Oh, how romantic. They're smushing it in each other's faces. Their eyes keep getting drawn to this giant black and white photo of the victim. And they're just like, it's really ruining it. Can we just tilt it to the side so Tara's not staring at me right now while I'm watching them have their first dance? I mean, it's really, it was a little too much, but I loved you guys. And I need you to be back together to get off my loser list and back to be MVPs. I think there's a good chance. I think that what probably happened is after filming, Keith was like, hey, do you guys know any good places to eat around here? Because you used to live here. And then they all went out to, it's probably the name of a person. It's probably uh, Joe McSnell's. And then Joe McSnell had, you know, as a chain of whatever fried chicken places. They went, they got ribs or fried chicken, something. They ate food in Florida together. And then Keith just made a very gracious exit. And left the two. Oh, sitting. and they just kept talking. Their yeah. coffee went cold, and they just kept talking. The waiter yeah. brought the check, and they just kept talking. They said, "We're gonna have another glass of wine. We're just gonna go ahead and have another of the Moscow Mule, whatever." Oh, and then that's yeah. Is that oh, good? it sounds like a magical night. Let's say I that's really what happened. The, okay, I love okay. this. I love this. Keith, let us know if that's anywhere close to what happened, or if you just got on a plane and went home. But I don't think you did. I think <laughs> I don't you think you did. I think you saw help. the spark remaining, and they needed a little shot in the butt from Cupid, and you yeah. were Cupid in the little diaper, being cute, like a little winged baby, Keith. Don't say okay, don't. Uh, you're fine at Cupid, and then you go into the like. <laughs> Take it too far. With the yeah, the line is at a certain place, and then you just and you do it slow. You just keep talking. I'm not going to be boxed in, okay? My humor will not be boxed in. I will. I won't abide by these lines. I see a line. I spin on it. Cut. Delete. You're (laughs) done. Defy you to cut. Delete out Keith in a diaper. Don't do it. (laughs) 
Okay. The people we'll need see. to hear. We'll see. And uh, we might even get fan art of Keith We're as a little it. winged Cupid. Then we've done our job wrong. We should not be getting fan art of Keith in a diaper as Cupid or as Baby New Year. I do I not disagree. Want... I think this podcast will be a success if we get that. If we don't oh. get one, I'll be very disappointed. Please don't send us one. Please send us one. Oh. Oh. Who's your loser? Who's uh, your loser? I said the parents for not getting back oh, for separating. But you don't have any others? No, That's just it? them. Just them? Well, oh. I mean, I hated everyone else, and I really did not like that attorney with the blue-red eyes. She did, creeped me out. Um, did not even notice. She is one of my alternative theories, because something in her eyes was not right. And I think she was involved in the murder somehow. Something oh. was up with her. And then I also think the brother. How old was he? Why did he want, okay. not want to be interviewed? Okay, so Veronica, the sister, was 14, almost 14. So she's 13 at the time of the crime, crime time. And Paul was a few years younger. They don't specify. So Paul was maybe 11, 10. Is he strong enough to break her ribs? Are you thinking this is a Joan Benet Ramsey situation? Yes, I do. Are you going straight to Joan Benet? Yes. Okay. Because okay. they kept saying that all the DNA they found was belonged to the family members. And I think the planter that broke in the front and the hair ties, they were just a shoddy workmanship. The, the septic company. They just weren't very good. They were on crack. So they just knock things over and they probably stole some things. But I, I think it was the brother. I do not know why. I also think, I think the neighbor and her sister-in-law. The neighbor and the sister, have had some I'm involvement. just furious at. So I'm fine if they did it. Yeah. They can do it. Yeah. The, I think they were yeah. like two little ladies and they, I don't know, were jealous of Tara's, Claire's fashion or something. Or I don't know why. They were in love with Phil, the septic guy, and they thought Tara was, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I haven't fleshed that one out yet. Do you have any other titles for this episode? Wait, I have a loser. Oh, okay. I have the a wall of losers. Oh, great. There is one point in the episode that they show all of the witnesses <laughs> that are not credible. Did you yes. see it? It's all behind them. And I kept trying to pause it because I was, oh, that was fascinating and so i uh, it was a wall of losers yeah i it. love it it's, in previous episodes we've had on the stand a parade of douchebags it's just one right. loser was... after another with questionable facial hair but this time they were all up on the wall this was just a wall of bad choices <laughs> in life and they ranged from anywhere from 20 years old i saw a guy who was in his late 60s <laughs> early 70s i mean just men women everything the wall of bad choices so that's why i I, love it that's what i okay titles do you have an alternative title yes what i have two keiths for the price of one oh good and that's good i'm gonna borrow yeah it's not bad i'm gonna borrow the formatting of the show friends and i'm gonna go with the one where keith says panties (laughs) that was really good because I, okay, and if I was going to be serious, I would say the lovely bones or oh, the bones in the woods. The lovely bones or, is good. Or um, the lone belly button ring. I'm writing down there, the lovely bones. I like that one. A knock at the door I didn't like because we don't really even know if they knocked at the door. She could have been opening the door like to put a, a mail, like get the newspaper, and they could have been walking up and been like, oh, hey, come on in. There could have been no knock. We don't know. No. It was, it really bugged me. I mean, honestly, why don't they just call it Justice for Tara? Just call yeah, it Justice, Justice for, for Tara. Because that's what they talk about the entire time. Yes. Or a family shattered. Something like that. Or the missing 
blonde at the mall. Frosted tips and frosted lips. Where did Tara go? Yes. Yes. The disappearance of Baby Spice. The disappearance of Baby Spice. No, it was There are other ways they could have gone with this. What do you have? I just have, because they kept wearing those red ribbons or those hot pink ribbons. Uh Did you see them? I think they were fuchsia ribbons. Yes. So I have Tara fuchsia ribbon. Instead of tie a yellow ribbon, it's Tara fuchsia ribbon. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> it's good. It is not <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's terrible. Or Tara ribbon to a tree. Either one. That's that's better. I'll take okay. that one. Tara ribbon that's to much a tree. Better. There you go. It was really good. And then I had um, <laughs> had conversations with Phil Barr, and then. Colon. I didn't kill her. Are you sewer? <laughs> I just, I, I think this podcast was a mistake. Um, I think our friendship is now in question. We might have to break up. Uh, come on. Are you sewer? <laughs> I just, I just, I really... I was so happy about that. I'm just that. so disappointed in you on such like a molecular <laughs> level right now that I I, oh, I can't. I want that was to pretty mur- good. You I want to murder think you. Of either of those. I want to murder you right now, and <laughs> I'm just a sarcastic joker, so that'll be my defense in court. Uh, you didn't think that was funny Shh. at all. Those puns, I cannot. Those but are. I've saved those. Oh, I was so. Oh, you're excited so proud about of those. yourself. I was. I was really proud. Also, by the way, did you see that her high school, um, their mascot was the Invaders? Really? I thought that was fairly foreboding. I did not like that. There's a picture of her as a cheerleader, and it says Invaders (gasps) on her chest. Oh, God, I did not like that at all. They need to change that now in honor of her. That's not good. Yes. Okay. Should we go to Twitter and get away from the puns for five seconds? (laughs) Sure. Um, Let's see who's loving life on Twitter this week. Okay. Oh, God. The first one is a pun that I found for you. Is it Cal- as good as mine? No, it's none of yours were good. So that would, oh. there's, there's the scale is so low. There's Are you this, sure? Oh, my God. <laughs> All of my birthday plans have now been canceled. We're doing nothing. I'm not celebrating my birthday this year because I'm dead inside. So I didn't, okay. was not, I were not celebrating my birth. Cal, Calpix Biro says bar behind bar what do you think it's terrible mine are so much better not yeah. no offense but no yours were terrible as well no they were not yes, yes. not bar behind bar because he's behind bars well duh but mine are at least like a little clever no play yours on are on the same scale as those they're terror all... ribbon terror ribbon to a tree i can't um Spang says Keith Morrison looks like the primary financial backer of the 1997 Lilith Fair. I don't know what that means. Is he saying he looks like a lesbian? I don't know, but he also was really overdressed for Florida. Yeah. Did you notice? He was wearing sport coats this entire episode. No leather jacket. Nothing he doesn't like, like to show skin. Have we ever seen him in short sleeves? I don't think he likes short sleeves. I think he does sleeves rolled up, you know, cuffs. But yes. he doesn't like forearms, but he doesn't do short sleeves. I've never seen it. Adam Swiderski, your favorite. Yes. Sure. There was a person with actual photos of the murder 
but we felt like we were at a dead end. I don't know why I had that. I can't. I can't see Adam Swiderski and I are on the same page. Also, I bet you Adam Swiderski thinks that my puns are hilarious. Let's we'll find out. I'm going to ask him. But I'm just saying, I think he's mad at those women, too. The busybodies, the neighbors sitting next door. Yes. That's why I mean, he's mad. It's irritating. Yeah. Phil Lemos, NBC rule. In a cold case, anybody who wears a Brett Favre jersey is automatically a suspect. I don't really get it, but I remember Brett Favre from Top Dead Gorgeous when Amy Adams is like, Brett Favre. It, did someone wear it? Did somebody... Yes, okay. someone was at a, like a Packers jersey on. Oh, um, and then some more references that I didn't get. Adam Swiderski again. That detective on the left is like Black Bolt. If he speaks, the world ends. I don't even know what that means. Who is Black Bolt? Is that a superhero? I, I don't know. And then BBJ says, Phil the septic guy looks like a closet Zubaz fan. I'm giving him the side eye. And I asked her what Zubaz was, and it's those crazy patterned pants that you might see like oh, um, a Zumba wrestler class. wear. Yeah. What? From Zumba. Yes. Like you yes. wear them at Zumba class. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. About that. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay. Player two. They need a sitcom. They could solve cold cases and go through being old and stuff, like eating oatmeal. He's with us. Good. Spang, again, another reference that maybe doesn't make sense to me. Keith Morrison is the TV newsman magazine reporter equivalent of the movie Tremors. With, with Kevin, I don't know why, but it makes sense to me. I Tremors, I always watched it when it was on TV. I don't know if Keith Morrison is the TV magazine news equivalent of that movie Tremors. Yeah, because he's just so enjoyable to watch. That, that could be it. Okay, that's perfect. Carrie Rice, I just simply cannot believe we are going to sit around with straight faces and talk about someone named Pee Wee. I agree. They make Keith say it. They make Keith call him that and not his real name. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's Steve, you know? Just Pee Wee. Like, it's a normal name. It is not a normal name. What was his real name? Glenn St. John or something. Glenn St. John. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Rita Bellew, does this lawyer have pink eye? Who pooped on her pillow? (laughs) Uh, the end table of course peewee has a favorite fishing spot (laughs) i I died when i read that fishing spot or fishing hole which one did they say they said spot but it should have been hole and it didn't even register with me until they said that i was like yeah of of course that makes more sense than anything else in life it totally makes sense crystal they also said one of his favorite fishing spots one oh, of them, he has several. Which means there are multiple. Oh, God. Crystal, is it wrong that my thought was, who ended up with her presence? No, it is not wrong, because I kind of <gasps> thought the same thing. And uh, Sarah Holmes says, is it a little weird that mom bought a present and was actually going to open it? Would she act surprised or... <laughs> <laughs> I just, I cannot believe that me normally being so sarcastic would have said both of those tweets about the presence. And instead, I picked that moment as my precious moments. Like, what, what is wrong with my sarcasm meter this week that I saw the presence and didn't immediately think, 
who's getting those presents? Did they actually buy things that they would want themselves because they knew she wasn't coming back? And then they could open them and be like, oh, I guess I'll have it because she's dead. Or if they were going to be open them and be like, oh, who is it? What? Act surprise. And instead, I was like, oh, that's just so sweet that they bought presents. Who am I? I, 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 I hate to tell you this, but I think your true generosity of spirit is showing. No, I no, I, no, I refuse. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I'm so ashamed of myself right now. I have no generosity of spirit. Take it back. You never, it, it, you saw nothing. There's nothing to see here. Turn around. It's obvious. It's no, obvious. It's, we're ending it's right now, now on this note. We are ending. Wait, what did you give? <laughs> what did you rate this episode out of cell phone pings? Five cell phone pings. I rated this episode a three. A three. Okay. Just middle of the road. I middle wasn't super road. impressed, but it's a Keith episode. Yeah, and I, I feel love like a Keith it's episode. hard to not rate. It's hard to rate a Keith episode in the twos. That's yeah. where oh, I was yeah. For coming sure. up with For sure. struggle. And we liked Sharon and other Keith so much. Yes. There were people to really root for in this episode, which is not always the case. That's true. And I'm so, gi- so I'm giving it a 3.8 because of whoa because of other Keith. And mm-hmm. because of her little hair clippies, because I liked them. And it, it really gave, brought me nostalgia feels. You know, one, one more thing. Thank you, Dateline, for n- finally not doing a husband shot wife or a wife shot husband yes. in the dark in their house or apartment. It's been a long stretch of that. It is a good old-fashioned single white girl murdered. And I miss those <laughs> stories. So thank you. But next week's episode, what we know about it is Deadly Flames put an end to a white hot affair. The writers are bringing oh. it even in the previews now. They are. It, the, the, see the metaphors there with the flames and the fire? But see, I was. I feel like now even more than ever, I was on the right track with our title for the new ID Network show about the Cold Case Squad mm-hmm. being... Hot Sands Cold Case. Yes. See, Dateline's with me. We're all on the same page here. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful friendship. Oh, symbiotic. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, d- I haven't done science in a long that time. It was a million dollar word. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. Or you'll be nicknamed Peewee and we'll all have to talk about you in court like it's a totally normal name like Steve. <laughs> everybody, don't watch alone. Watch with several men named Keith or your favorite Keith. Any Keith that's in your life. Bye, everybody.